Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. What I love about millennials is my generation, we came in and we were born and we were stripped of that innate value. And we were told, you're not valuable until you do something valuable. And so carrots could be dangled in front of us, whether it's money or prestige or title or whatever. And we're like, <laughs> I've had lobby right. and stock. And that grew into everybody gets a trophy. And then that grew into everybody gets a trophy. But you know, what I see in millennials now is the reason why they can't be manipulated with trophies is because they have not given up their value. They did not allow that disownership of value. They're like, no, I am valuable. Now where there's a bit of an issue as you can waltz into a brand new company or your first job, you know, out of school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am valuable. I right. should be given $60,000 a year. And I it's should like, be able to work from home 60 hours a, a week. And and it's a system that's still based on earning. Right. Right. So and they, they don't get why. It's like, I'm, and they're right. Like both sides are right in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. the system was, was based on old values of earning. I guess you could say that's right because that's how it was created. And and they're coming and going, I am valuable, but they're not learning how to apply that value in such a way. So there's, to me, there's another distinction. So you have value. That value is potentially valuable, but where the rubber meets the road is where we're valued. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hey, 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 y'all. This is the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Sarah Madras. And I am Jenny Midgley. This is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today's episode, we are so excited about this one. So a um, little backstory. So I was invited to a networking group by a wonderful gentleman, and he introduced me to our guest today, Tracy Phillips, who is the innate coach is her business. And we had a one-on-one just kind of talking. She was like, I have to go. I have a client. And we're like, we couldn't get off the phone. As I was talking to her, I was like, oh my God, she has to meet Sarah. She didn't know Sarah and Sarah didn't know Tracy. And I was like, oh my God, they have to meet. Because they are so not complimentary. complimentary. Thank you. I knew it was a C word. I was like com- <laughs> comparable, compl- complimentary, complimentary in their service offering. So, and then I introduced them, and that was like, and then it was a match made in heaven. And that was all she wrote. We have our calls every two weeks and chat it up <laughs> and have a blast. And honestly, we talk more about our life beliefs and and yeah, some business too. But we're more just like geeking out over yes i feel that same way too <laughs> so tracy please introduce yourself oh thank you so much i'm, I'm over here like should i be talking should i be <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do we have so much fun hi it's me yeah i'm i'm equally excited to be here so tell us innate coach what does that mean my dear <sighs> well so if i can look back at where i kind of came up with that that name i think it was a client actually that said we talk a lot about what's innate in my life or what's innate to me and i'm like oh wait a minute that's mm-hmm. kind of what i do mm-hmm. maybe i should call myself that and so it was a, a very natural branding 
strategy. Yeah. And that's true of actually everything I do. I mean, my blogs are all from conversations I've had with clients. Here's my guru self and let me tell you how to live. It really comes from paying attention to those experiences that we have in life and the patterns that we see and, and then reflecting those back in story. I so, got my name from a client. She was like, oh, you're my business therapist. And I was like, I'm using that. Oh. I'm using that forever. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for that free branding yes. advice. Yes. <laughs> So if y'all are okay with it, I want to like dive right down deep because we've already got. Am I never not okay with it? Okay, let's I'm do it. I'm always okay do with it. it. I mean, like, let's 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 process that one for a second. Why did you seem to feel like you needed to ask that question? Today? I'm like, let's just go. <laughs> so something that I come across with so many people personally and in my business is people are asking me, "How do I discover what my innate gifts are?" Mm-hmm. So can you talk? us about that, please. Yeah. You know, and that was something in the beginning too. And I'm thinking I need a process, right? Cause normally it just comes out naturally. And then people are always like, what is your process? What is your program? What is your five step? Exactly. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes steps. Like, yes. They love the steps. And I'm like, well, okay, let's try to work backwards and think about what the steps are that naturally occur when we come into an awareness of those neat things. And I started to think about my own life. And I think it also had come originally from a a client of mine who was saying, how do I access the same question you just asked? How do I access that? I mean, if it's a white on rice analogy where white rice doesn't know it's white (laughs) because the color's like too close, there's Mm -hmm. no perspective. The things that were most innate, like our zone of genius concept, like what we were made for, like the puzzle piece in the world at large puzzle and what we came here to add value to, you know, oftentimes that's just who we are. And we're not thinking, first of all, there's anything special about that. But I mean, actually, that would be second of all. First of all, we're not even aware of it a lot of times. So I thought, well, how do you become aware of something that you're not aware of? And I started thinking about The ironies in life is oftentimes when I was talking to clients, the very thing that ended up being their zone of genius or part of their biggest value was stuff that they had originally thought wasn't so great. And for example, in my life, I always give this one is growing up, I was always told I was a troublemaker (laughs) because I could read incongruencies, right? Whether it was usually it was in what people were saying. It's like, yeah, something's not adding up there, right? Or how they're acting and being a curious kid, a truth you know, seeker, mm-hmm. so to speak, I would just start asking a bunch of questions. And of course, kids to adults, that's, you know, especially my family, like I'm just my family. Right. You're supposed to, to just sit there and look pretty. No, and see, when, when we, uh, when we come to that heard. feeling like, oh wait, my family's going to listen to you just say, okay, thank you. I love you. I just need to get this off my chest right now. <laughs> I've said this in so many other podcasts. Right. I don't know why I keep going like, and my family listening at this point, <laughs> they've already heard it probably yeah. a few times. I always thought that that was well, I was made to be, feel that that was bad, mm-hmm. right? So I'm seeing these things. I'm I'm curious about them. I'm well, wanting to ask. But I mean, then, nobody likes to be called out on their bullshit, right? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really by a kid, what it, yeah. especially by, by a kid, kid right? Well, like, because so, kids can see all of that, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And I was definitely one of those kids that was not easily dissuaded. So it's like, you're going to go to your room. You're like, and I'm like, but why? I was just telling you the truth. Why am I going right. I room? thought you said to always be <laughs> honest. Why? I'm aware of it. Why aren't you aware <laughs> of it? <laughs> Maybe I need to make you aware yes. of it. I'm trying to help you. This I is th- love. I'm trying to help you be more aware. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So what I've come to understand now is that aspect of my ability to hear those things. And I mean, I would consider myself a visionary in the way I look at the world. And, you know, we're always looking for how we can make it better and not just 
generally, but like specifically, like what kinds of processes and procedures can we bring to the forefront of things to make things better? And that's a huge value, mm-hmm. right? And now that I'm aware of that and I've owned it, I can use it intentionally for good as right. opposed to pissing people off. Although right. I'm sure I still piss people right. off. But, but now they pay you to piss they them piss, off. They absolutely <laughs> do. Piss me off and I'll pay you more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, and it's great. It's right. glorious to actually be paid for what you do naturally that you used to get in trouble for. Right. But it has always come from love. And, you know, as I often say too, that's that's why we do anything. But the core, I mean, we think we're doing what is right for those we love. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always come across that way. (laughs) And everybody has their own interpretation of things. But to get back to the original question, I have people ask themselves, what are things that people have said about you over the years that surprised you? That could be good or bad. In my case, I just gave a negative example. But I was also told I was wise. I one aunt who was always like, how did you get so wise? I'm like, I have no, like, I'm little. <laughs> like, I'm just know being. The, right. I don't know what you're talking yeah. I thought it meant I was intelligent. So then I'm like, oh, well, I'm just smart. <laughs> but obviously two separate things. And so it, these are things that just kind of, you just push aside. But we all have that. And if we could stop to consider and unpack it and define it. Mm-hmm. Right there, we have a lot of material to work with that I believe is what we're here for, is that zone of genius, is is our innate value, so to speak. Yeah. I was at two things. So I was at an event. So I was going to share like how it happened for me. I was at an awesome business event, conference three days, and we did a meditation of unlock your greatness, essentially. And during that meditation, it was this guided visualization But I saw myself on top of a mountain and there's a village down below, but the village had like smog and stuff in it. And I could see it and feel it all clearly throughout the the meditation. And then kind of like Care Bears, like the Care Bear stare. Mm -hmm. And this beam of light came out from my chest and like spread out all over the town below. And I was like, oh, that's what my innate gift is to be able to see the potential and the worth in everybody. And then all these memories, because you're doing it on a timeline, right? So you like go back to birth and then all these memories were popping up on the timeline of throughout childhood of where I would be befriending people that didn't, that were from the other side of the tracks or like, why are you friends with them? Or, you know, and it's because I, we all have the same value. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. And that was confusing to me as a kid of I was getting conflicting messages from society of why wouldn't I talk to them? They're worth talking to just like anybody else's. I just wanted to be friends with everybody and I didn't understand the social strata. I'm not supposed to be friends with everybody and then I ended up being the weird kid. Then I would get ridiculed of like I had to deal with that. You know what I mean? And so all those memories on the timeline kept popping up. So like like, what what is your Care Bear name? (laughs) So... It's, but I've actually, our family, each, we have our own Care Bear names. I'm not going to yes. lie. Oh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so. we, we peel back yet another layer of how we're connected. Yes. Because I kept my Care Bear sleeping bag Aww. until after I was in college. And then I came home one time, my mom had given away because the zipper was broken and, and she was done with me having my Care Bear sleeping bag. Oh, it's very so traumatic. But, but yeah, so, so sorry. Mine peel is back. Braveheart. <laughs> The lion whose tender heart bears. Everybody go and look up your Care Bear name. Mm -hmm. But that was an amazing experience for me because once you know this is my innate gift and then you have all this evidence throughout your timeline of your life that's supporting that, 
it creates such a grounded confidence of I, I can be in alignment with that and yep. you can serve on a whole other level. Like I Absolutely. can help people on a whole other level. Absolutely. I think about it in stages. We have awareness, engagement, ownership, right? So first we have to know what it is that we're dealing with, but then we have to engage with it. I'm going to throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks like spaghetti. <laughs> that creates a cycle of more awareness and more mm-hmm. engagement and more awareness. And eventually you were just saying, when we have certain things that keep popping up, we get to put that together in a timeline. And it's mm-hmm. that, that ownership piece when we can, I call it so- personal sovereignty, like you know, oh. be sovereign bear. <laughs> yes. Um, all about bringing people home <laughs> to is. themselves, to their sovereignty. Like that's, yes. I would be like sovereignty bear, but that there's nothing like that. Like you said, right. I mean, you can take it to a whole new level. I, I had a client yesterday, new client, the first time anybody out of the gate just starts with being owned. He's like, this is what I know about myself. This is where I'm at. So I'm like, oh, great, because I'm not a crisis coach. Like, right. I'm not here to, like, <laughs> stop the bleeding and get you to where you're ready I'm to so start. I'm so glad you're a little aware. <laughs> like, right. I'm so glad you're massively aware. But it was really exciting because he says, I just wonder where I can go from here. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you amazing. Know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all good. And what else can I do? In your head, you're you going, know? thank you, universe. You have yeah. answered my prayers and sent me one that's ready to work. Yes. <laughs> More than one Oprah Winfrey out there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep Love. getting bigger. So it is exciting. But I mean, when a grounded place too, because, you know, I think about how much time, effort, and energy is ex- expended to trying to fix ourselves or mm-hmm. questioning ourselves. Like, if we were really in that place of grounded truth, we wouldn't, oh, is that really the way it should be doing? Is that really my zone mm-hmm. of genius? Is that mm-hmm. really? Once we've owned it, like there's just so much more like, right. okay. You've made a decision. There is no going back. Like you've right. owned it. It is what it is. It becomes truth. And that's yeah. what I love about it. And it's, I feel also too, everybody's always worried about, we've been conditioned to this understanding that if you own your zone, <laughs> own your zone, <laughs> own your zone. We're going to trademark that. I know. I'm I was so like, putting that on the bumper sticker. And we're going to create a whole social media That's marketing campaign. That's your about system. Owning own your, your zone. zone. Yes. There it okay, is. We'll you heard it here first, people. <laughs> oh my God. We are so talking afterwards. <laughs> Okay, come back. Right, the fireworks just went off in my head of all like the possibilities. So holy cow, that wow, this is magic. Like, yeah, everybody needs to come on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we love to hear. Find yourself. Like we're so conditioned to spend so much time outside of that, but when we own that 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 zone. And it, it's not egoic, right? It's right. exactly the opposite. Because I think once you own yourself, you don't have to spend any more time thinking about yourself. Right. Like, which no, is kind of right. that like, now you can what focus on point. what you're here for. Yeah, what a good point. So, and it's from a place of such gratitude. It is yes. from a place. So like, yeah. I want to point out for all of our, everyone who's listening now, just stop and take a moment and think back to when in times in your life when you weren't owning that zone when you weren't owning those gifts, because one of the things that I know to be true now is at the core of me, I am a connector. And when I deny that because of mistrust issues, betrayal, stupid shit happening, whatever it was for that period of my life, nothing was in alignment. Everything felt hard. Everything felt like it was, I was in a, a a deep hole and I couldn't get out of it. Even though I should have been happy, I should have been all of those things. Like I, sh- everything should, should, should. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole nother conversation there about the shouldas, <laughs> right? But 
But I, I just want you to stop and listen to yourself and listen to your heart and think about if you are really owning that zone of genius, if you really are owning that gift, because when you do, it opens up the world for, I mean, like, I know it's, well, it cracks open your, it just, cracks open your brave heart bear. Yeah. You get but, to be it. And honestly, when you don't, it's a form of self-betrayal. Yeah. Which is why it feels so bad. It feels heavy. hard. Yes, heavy like and heavy hard and, and difficult. You know, it mm-hmm. it breeds anxiety and mm-hmm. it breeds insecurity and it breeds imposter syndrome. Yeah, and it breeds all of these things that like create that doubt and and then it's like you're in this whirlpool that you can't get out of. And when it it does take catalytic events sometimes or somebody like an interaction to be like, oh, like this can be that way, right? Mm-hmm. It takes something to target that mistruth because not a lie. It's just like skewed. <laughs> well, we get to reframe it. I was just talking to somebody yesterday and, and you know, like I was I'm mentoring her in, in this networking group I'm in and she shared, she says, I'm just a lousy public speaker. And I said, well, that's a story to be telling yourself. Right. right? And she's yes. like, but I am. And I'm like, well, okay, so here's the thing. Everything you tell yourself is a story, right? All our reality is our perception. So why don't you come up with a story that works for you instead of against you? I'm like, how many times do you think you're telling yourself internally that, oh, how do you feel about coming weekly to this networking mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, if I was like, I'm a lousy public speaker and I had to come and speak in front of 50 plus people every week, I'd feel pretty lousy over time. I said, what if you told yourself, because again, we get to, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We get to look at the truth of how we feel. So it's like, I'm a very shy person that struggles with getting up in front of people and talking to a large group. And how does that, I mean, is, it's, does it sound any less true on one side, but how can you work with that? Because right. honestly, when we say I'm just a lousy public speaker, it's almost like a, a period at the end. No, like right. you know, it is it's, a it's, period at the yeah. end. Like you've given up. That's a great way to say that. Yeah. 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 So it's like now you can work with them. Okay, I'm shy. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. Now we're also approaching it more compassionately. What's that co- inner child work, right? Mm-hmm. The ther- therapist over here, mm-hmm. you know, the inner child work. It's like, okay, would you talk to your daughter or son that way? You're just a lousy public speaker. Good luck with getting up and talking in front of your class. Right. No, you wouldn't. And so why are you speaking to yourself that way? You and, would give yourself and, empathy. You well, and have, I have yeah. more respect for somebody who's like, I am shy. I'm an inexperienced public speaker and I'm showing up every week. Yes. That, I'm like, and look at that. I've got way more respect for you than somebody's like, I'm amazing at this. Well, this is nothing for me. Like the you, courage it takes to show up in that place of uh, self-doubt and insecurity. Yes. And when you reframe it, it becomes something that practical, that you, the solution for it becomes something practical versus some abstract, oh, let's discuss why you think that you're a bad. Because <laughs> even if you say I'm not bad, your brain hears I'm bad. Mm -hmm. So like, it's totally about reframing that language and making it so that you are able to pragmatically and practically find a solution to resolve it so that you can feel, even if it's just, you need to like feel a little bit more confident so that you're not going to pee your pants every time you try to walk in the room because you know what's coming because then you create that muscle memory, that anticipatory anxiety, like all of those things that are going to come when you have to go stand up. I mean, and I've been to this networking group. It's a... (laughs) It, it definitely put, like, yeah, it, even I'm the like, most practiced public speaker. Like it's, yeah. you can so, come anytime. Yeah. <laughs> it's seriously, like it's powerful to be in that room full. Of, I mean, first of all, they start and end on time. Mm-hmm. What networking group with over 50 people in it 
starts and ends on time in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they are boom. Done. Like it's, it's amazing to witness. And also the people are so invested mm-hmm. that it makes for a very welcoming and powerful experience. And that's the story you've told yourself too, which is that's why it works for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yes. and in the reality, like one other, other people in the room are telling themselves exactly the opposite story. Like this is so scary. I never yep. got to come back. This was horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and yet what is, is the same thing for everybody. Exactly. Right. Like winning itself is the same. And, yep. and so I think that piece is so fundamentally important for us to realize that at any point in time, it's a story we're telling. And is that story working for us or is it working against us? Yeah. Because we have the choice every single time. It doesn't yes. matter. Like, right. Like, yes. but I'm making it up. I'm like, life's about well, choices. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had somebody asked me yesterday. He's like, I, I presented that fact to him and he says, well, but what if it were, how do you know that you're not just making up a story? I'm like, but that's what I just said. And so <laughs> you're always making up a story. Yeah. You're either making you're up just, a story or you're owning <laughs> that the story that's in front of you is the true story. And you can either choose to accept it or say, you know what? I don't like that. And I'm going to go create make, a new one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make up another story. But just make it up. It's all fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, and, and this is how many times I see people too, where they have goals or they have like, these are the things that I want to accomplish. And then we dig into the mindset and let's just call what they want to accomplish due north. And their mindset's taking them due south. I'm like, you ever think you're going to get due north? Like literally the stories you're telling yourself about how you can or cannot get there, you know, are either taking you there or not taking you there. Right. Right. Like you're and trying to push the two magnets together when they're on the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. wondering why it's so hard. Yeah. Right. I know. And you're like, um, <laughs> I will do it. Well, and then we embrace that, right? We embrace right. hard work. I'm like, why yes. are you busy? And like, that is, yeah. yes, that is a, a limiting belief that I feel like I still continue to work through is because it was like, if you didn't work hard, then you didn't earn it. And I didn't want to be this entitled little white girl who didn't earn so, her stuff. You know what I mean? I'm going to comment to that when you're done. But And so that's that's something that I have to work through. Of It doesn't have to be hard in order for it to be deserved or earned or worth it. And it's easy when we are in owning our zone, like you said. Because we don't have to earn it. We already are it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I just really had to let that go and be like, no, I actually like it better when it's easy, y'all. Right. <laughs> like, right. it's way well, more when we're fun. Not, we're not, I'm already telling you right now, if it's hard, we're not doing it right. Or we're not doing the right thing, right? Again, to the point of, of zone, own your zone. So this is the way I just, I, I kind of create a distinction as, when people say, oh, I am super, super successful and I still don't feel fulfilled, like I don't get it. Why do I have all of the trappings of success that you would expect and I still in- internally don't feel fulfilled? I'm like, you're operating from your zone of excellence, not your zone of genius. These are your acquired skill sets. You've told yourself this is how you're supposed to show up mm-hmm. as opposed to actually showing up as who you are. Mm-hmm. Because the only way you can feel fulfilled is if you are being who oh, you are. Oh, I love that. So, I love that. Love, 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 love. Could so, you say because it's, it's so not hard. hard. Say it one more time because it's so important and I want the listeners to hear that again. So important. Zone versus your being in your zone of excellence. Excellence versus zone of genius. So zone of excellence, this is the way I look at it is if you looked at your resume, right? All your skill sets on your resume, that's your zone of excellence. And that's all externals. It's all external. That's what this is. That's stuff that you've done. It's the stuff that you've done that you've quote-unquote accomplished. Yes, and people are trying to use externals to create their self-worth and it's like, no, your self-worth is an eight. You already had it. It's already one. 100% when you were born. Yes. 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 Right now with her. She could do it. Just make sure you take your microphone with you. (laughs) (laughs) So going back to Sarah needing to work through some mindset stuff. So there's two things that I want to say to you. 
Number one, it's not hard work. It's being choosing to be productive and block your time in a way that is in alignment with your goals. Right. And your life. Yep. And what you want. So True. stop calling it hard work. Stop it right now. I will. <laughs> I have made that decision. It's productive time or Sarah time. Yes. Yeah. Well, and Sarah time is productive too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, but it, it meets another, but I'm saying yep. that work is now like, yes, I'm going to set this time as my productivity time yep. where there's going to be an output for my input. Yep. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then, then you're going to flip it to Sarah time. Yep. And uh, now I don't remember what my other point was. Sorry. <laughs> Hopefully it'll, it'll, we'll come back around. No, oh, oh, no, I remember now. And the other thing is that, and like, this is something that gets me, right? Like that, and this is where that it comes from that, that zone of excellence more than the zone of genius is the people who say, I don't have the time. And I'm like, fuckers, you have the time. the time. You didn't make it. You didn't create the opportunity. You didn't choose. You did not choose to use your time in a way that would have accomplished whatever it was that you wanted to do. Don't tell me you didn't have the time. There's always the time. It's just how we use it. One of the things I always looked at as well, because when I first started coaching years ago, I started out as a holistic health coach. So I was always trying to help people get within themselves a better understanding of their relationship with food, exercise, all mm. the things that we think of with health. And around exercise specifically, I'm thinking of a number of conversations where people are just like, but I don't like to exercise. I'm like, okay, first of all, let's change the language because this is another thing that I work on a lot is how can we change the verbiage, right? Reframe yep. it into language that actually works for us and that is saying what we we need it to say, but is also what it is. Yep. And you know, I'm like, well, okay, let's stop and not call it exercise for a second because it's like homework. It doesn't really usually have a good connotation for totally. most people. Let's talk at movement. Okay, yeah. what kind of movement do you like? Do you like to dance? Do you like to stretch? Do you like to... Because that's where we have the value. Let's say the value is in the productivity. It's how we approach it, mm-hmm. right? And not everybody wants to is going to approach it the same and have it work for them, right? So this one idea of what productivity looks like or what time management looks like or what exercise looks like is usually what's tripping people up, right? You know, and so it's it, what I always say is like, okay, you want to be more productive, there's a reason why you are pushing against creating the time to do that or whatever. Let's invest it. Let's unpack that because yeah. it, it may be a misalignment, most likely is a misalignment to your, like the what and the how, what you want to do, but how are you going about doing that? Because yeah. that's maybe what's creating that feeling of difficulty because yes. it's not mm-hmm. in alignment with who you are and how you operate. Yeah. But there is a way to do it. That yeah. is. Totally. So it's like the what I want to lose weight, the how I don't want to restrict what I eat. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, "Mm, I'll do portion control, but I'm not going to be like, no, I'm not eating the things that I love. Well, that's good because first of all, when we do that, that's using our willpower and willpower is a limited resource. And so that's why I get to a certain point where like, yay, I accomplished this. But then I go back to my old habits because I did it through restriction. And once my willpower has run out is usually the time we stop going to the gym or mm-hmm. we stop the diet or whatever is like mm-hmm. no more willpower. We just go back, right? Because we haven't made the adjustments. And again, the adjustments aren't the one size fits all. What's the good diet? What's the good exercise regime? I'm like, well, that depends on you. That completely, it's, it's completely individual from person to person. We get to discover what that is for you. Mm -hmm. Actually, you get to discover what that is for you. Right. I'm here to hold space. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. one of the things I realized a long time ago is as a coach, you can probably totally relate to this. We can see like if we're like the eagle above and we're looking Mm -hmm. down below at our client and they're in the maze of their, the labyrinth of their life, right? We can see oh, if they take two lefts or right and go straight, they can get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But our job isn't to tell them that. 
I don't think. Hey, yeah, go this way, go this way, and do that, mm-hmm. and your life will be great. Because then no, it's taking, like, yeah, because yeah, they right. are, they are the master of their life, correct? And then they become. If you're doing that, you're robbing them of that empowerment of finding that journey on their own. Yes, you An can experience. give them the possibility of like, hey. If you went right, what do you think would happen versus if you went left right, and correct. walk them through like that? Like your role is more of a guide, like a Sherpa. Yeah, Sherpa, <laughs> I actually like Sherpa better. Our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. Do you notice? Because I know I can tell when I'm working harder than a client and I'm like, oops, that's a problem. Yes. I'm like, back up. Like you don't want to be the Sherpa's mule. You just want to be like. (laughs) Well, because then the whole goal, don't you want them to come back to you? And I'm like, maybe when they get to the next level and they still need some help. I'm like, but the goal is for them to have all the tools. Yeah. (laughs) Like fly. Fly away. Fly if you want to come back and visit, that's fine. But the nest is for the next babies. (laughs) This nest has some eggs coming. (laughs) There's no room for you. But I think the humbling piece is that it's not our job to see it all and then feed it back. Like that was the one thing with reverence. Reverence is a word that really resonates a lot with me. And I have reverence for people's soul journeys or the experiences they came here for. That I don't know what those are. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to? And it's not my job to. Right. So for me to give, an, when people say, I want to know your opinion, I'm like, I don't give my opinion. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. I don't give my opinion. I yeah. ask questions. For so exactly. many reasons. I'll I don't give you give the questions so you can right. figure it out. Yes. And I'll, I mean, I'll impart knowledge, right? Like technical knowledge of yeah, like right. how to. Yeah. However, what do you, do you think I should? I had well, a client fire think? me one time for that. <laughs> yeah. She was like, just tell me what to do. And I was like, but that's not how this works because then. I'm making this a codependent relationship right. that's not helping you. Right. And she fired me because she was like, right. I just want you to tell me what to do. Yeah. Then you should hire a CEO. Sorry. That's right. right. Like that's like legitimately like you should hire a boss then if you want 
Something. Was this like a therapy client or a, a, a coaching client? A therapy client. Oh, well, then she yeah. can't do that. Exactly. But yes, now I understand. That makes more sense. Yes. Yeah, because I'm like, mm, they don't understand the basics of coaching. I'm like, you're well, a CEO. And you're like, but she didn't need a CEO. Right. <laughs> well, and, and to, to I think what I want people to know is they're capable, right? Mm-hmm. This capacity, where we question ourselves is always around capacity mm-hmm. and confidence. People are like, I want you to help me to be more confident. I'm like, okay, well, to me, confidence is doing something over and over again, like to the point of going and speaking in arenas where there are a lot of people, you get confident after doing that a number of times, right? That's really what confidence is. I I think a lot of people think of self-worth and confidence as one and the same and they're distinctly different. Totally. And so when people say, how can I be confident and not arrogant? I'm like, well, the arrogance piece is more tied to self-worth than it is confidence. Confidence is his own piece. Like you just do it enough times, you'll be confident. Skill external. It's totally skill external. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, right there. I love distinctions, right? Like mm-hmm. you and I could talk about distinctions yes. all the time. Yes. <laughs> but it's, I mean, just as much as it's important to define it because most of what we're walking around with about self and other is conceptual. Like it's just yep. this basic vague idea of what is, but then, you know, I tell people dig, dig, you know, define that. Like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> right. And define well, it so for tell you. Tell me more. Yeah. What, what does you mean? it mean to you? Yeah. What's your definition of that? Mm-hmm. Right. So what is your definition of an eight? Innate is what you're born with. Literally, I came into this world. You know, one of the things I think is interesting about our culture is, and especially like my generation, thank God it's changing. And a lot of the older generations complain about the millennials and those (laughs) that come after us. But what I love about millennials is my generation, we came in and we were born and we were stripped of that innate value. And we were told you're not valuable until you do something valuable. And so carrots could be dangled in front of us, whether it's money or prestige or title or whatever. And we're like, <laughs> I have lava right. and stock. And that grew into everybody gets a trophy. Mm-hmm. And then that grew into everybody gets a trophy. But you know, what I see in millennials now is the reason why they can't be manipulated with trophies is because they have not given up their value. They did not allow that disownership of value. And they're like, no, I am valuable. Now where there's a bit of an issue as you can waltz into a brand new company or your first job, you know, out of school. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am valuable. I right. should be given $60,000 a year. And I should like, be able to work from home 60 hours a, a week. And and it's a system that's still based on earning. Right. Right. So, and they, they don't get why it's like, I'm, and they're right. Like both sides are right in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. the system was, was based on old values of earning. I guess you could say that's right because that's how it was created. And and they're coming and going, I am valuable, but they're not learning how to apply that value in such a way. So there's, to me, there's another distinction. So you have value. That value is potentially valuable, but where the rubber meets the road is where we're valued, mm-hmm. right? So where we can make our value valuable, we will be valued. That's the exchange of money and, and, right. and all of that and title and, and, and everything. So they haven't learned how to be valued. They know their value. Mm-hmm. Well, they may not know it, know it. They just mm-hmm. know they have it. And, and they know that that's valuable in some way. So is but there, it's about learning. So is there also the zone of genius? There's a zone of excellence. Is there a zone of value? Uh, Yes, there's a zone of value because that's where the zone of genius gets to meet the world. That's where it comes out and creates She's value. She's creating your whole program over here. <laughs> I am like Jenny is we creating are the entire so, program. She is, and I and I love it. And signature it's all program. here. <laughs> Tracy's signature program <laughs> on the air. You heard it here first. People. This is the process. You if you're wondering, <laughs> right? This is what happens. This uh, is how it flows. This yes. is magic. Yes. By the time you listen to this and you go to the innatecoach.com, you'll be able to see. That proprietary system will be on. (laughs) It will already be there.
that's how it works. That's how I we roll. That. No, but like, honestly, that's it. so important and that needs to be out in mm-hmm. the world is because everything you're saying is so right on and true. Right. And I've never heard it said that way before. Right. And it's that important distinction, right? That yes, you do have value and you should hold your head up high and walk in standing tall and saying, you know what? I deserve more than this antiquated factory-based shift system created for you. And I understand that that's the position that you're coming from, but I have something extra to bring to the table. And it's not, I'm not, yes, I may be extra. However, what I'm bringing to the table is this skill set. And so let's come to a compromise and see where we can uh, benefit you. Exactly. Yeah, let's integrate, right? Because again, your your system is designed for earning, right? Having to earn. So that value piece and, but yet to your point, I love the word antiquated. <laughs> like everything we're doing, <laughs> right? We wonder why everything's imploding around us. Because guess it's what, folks? Antiquated. It's antiquated. <laughs> it's time. It is time it's, for change. Yes. It's expiration date yes. is way past. Um, and I see this in leadership a lot too. When leaders try to do the antiquated, like mm-hmm. I'm the boss, listen to me. Like mm-hmm. it is failing miserably. I'm like, it's not just dying, it's dead. Like it, but just those people haven't gotten the memo yet. Yep. And they're wondering why their the attrition rate is mm-hmm. high and that they can't lead their people. And it's like, it's it it just, it's like throwing energy into a system that will no longer take it. Mm-hmm. And so we get to learn new ways, but we get to, right? That's yeah. another thing I like to say. How many times a day do we say things or uh, something like this? I have to get this done. I have to make that phone call. I have to pick up the kids. Mm-hmm. I have and to. And you get to, that and is like, such an important Shifting it to get to immediately puts it in gratitude, yep. right? And so we're now, again, talking about story. It's It really helps shape how we feel. Right. about what we're doing because our language creates the emotion i mean this is like how do we take this and like funnel it all into one thing but i mean to your point where i love working with the millennials the younger kids like they know that i'm like but you need to define that value because if you are marching into an antiquated system you're going to have to be a part of the solution you mm-hmm. don't just show up and demand like, right that's right. not how it works well and that's how and that's like the bad rep that they get because it's so misunderstood they're not coming in trying to demand they're just owning their worth and Correct. it comes across as a demand there's your whole new clientele right there yeah like let's define it <laughs> folks because you've got ideal it client <laughs> well they know they've got it i mean with yeah. the older we have to go through this pro- usually have to go through this process of reclaiming mm-hmm. that value mm-hmm. with the younger ones they've already got it they just have to define it yeah yep. Right. And so that's fun. Like either way, like yeah. we can do it. Right. But, but like to the point of less work, like, mm-hmm. like if you already know it, like the client yesterday, like you're coming in and you just want to take it to the next yep. huge level. <laughs> Let's go for it. Cause yeah. that's a lot of fun. You ready for lightning round? I am ready for lightning round. You want to ask the questions you want me to? It doesn't matter. Okay. So Tracy. Pew, yes. pew, 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 lightning round. Lightning round. Choo, choo, choo. So one of the things that we do here is we rapid fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind, please answer. Oh, got it. Okay. It's like I a game that. show. Did oh, you know you were coming on a game I show? I had no idea, but <laughs> it can't be worse than the one I was on where it was like autom- automotive stuff. And it was like, so what does this do in a car? <laughs> what? Make up. If you don't Wait, know you what it actually show? does. No, I was oh. on a podcast, but oh, it was for oh people. It was an auto. It was for automotive people in business that okay. had to do with automotive stuff. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So there was this portion at the end, like when my brain was fried, when he was like, okay, I'm going to ask you what different parts of a car are and what they do. And if you don't know, make it up. And you were like, did you see my shoes? <laughs> Stop it. Did you see the Stop creating heels? that story, Jenny. 
Did you see? Did you see that I I don't know these things and it's right. not my zone of genius? That and I will admit it. Right. But what is is I can make stuff up. Right. <laughs> that was funny. We were playing like uh, some trivia. Oh, it was a uh, battle of the sexes in college, and so they asked the girls masculine male typical questions, and they was like, "What does D O H C mean?" And I was like. Dual overhead cam. Boom. <laughs> and I was like, totally dated guys who were into cars. Like, suck it. <laughs> Won that game. Uh, yeah, you thought you had me beat. <laughs> exactly. I'm the ringer. I was like, bring it. Right? They brought a ringer to this fight. <laughs> I love it. All right. And I'm wearing pink shoes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So before we go farther down that rabbit hole, um, <laughs> All right, you ready? Yes. What is your favorite place in the world? Paris, France. Mm-hmm. I can so see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your favorite quote? Oh, do I have to quote it like directly? So John C. Maxwell had a group. I can do. You do you. I can do you. Do you. Thank you. It, yeah, John C. Maxwell has a quote where he says, because I have this whole thing with goals. I don't focus on my goals. I have them but I don't focus on them. Instead, I focus on growth because by focusing on growth, I surpass all my goals. Nice. I love Maxwell. I am, I'm a big fan. Okay. How do you unwind? Uh, how do I, I walk. I love taking walks. I'm very fortunate. I live in an area that is very scenic and I can go for miles and miles and miles and actually see no one depending on the time of day. That's kind of nice. Yeah, it's yeah. really super nice. And do I we do need live- to make our calls be mutual walks? Well, where, like I'll be on the phone walking. And my- we should do that. So <laughs> one of my colleagues and I, I mean, I just a little, little sidestep here for just a second. Like we have this thing called coaching through movement because we do find like from a yeah. therapeutic standpoint, totally. when you're moving, you do unload a lot more, mm-hmm. right? Like it's yeah. a lot quicker. Um, There's a coach in Apex that does that too. Yeah, it's mm. fantastic. I yeah. mean, like some of our, the breakthroughs are just like, keep walking, just keep walking. It's like keep mm. breathing, just yeah. keep walking. Yeah. So like yeah, finding, I walk, I yeah. walk. Yep. Right, like finding the amount, just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. swimming yeah, that's swimming. right. All right, so what is the best piece of advice you've ever been told? Oh, well, I don't know if this is advice as much as feedback, but about seven years ago, I had a guy who approached me after, oh no, b- before I did a presentation, he says, I'm looking for a coach and, you know, I'd like to talk to you because I'd like, to, I think I'd like to hire you. And, and so after my, my presentation, he came up to me, he handed me his business card and says, I don't want to work with you. If you want to know why, give me a call. And after my, obviously my ego had <laughs> field day with that. And I was like, I could stay in self-righteousness or I could actually take this opportunity to be curious and grow. And, and what he told me is the reason why he decided not to hire me is because he said, I watched you in your presentation and you were perfect. And he says, there's no such thing as perfect. You weren't approachable. He's like, to me, your heart is closed for whatever reason. He says, you're not, I need somebody who's going to be heart open and available. Now people look at me now, but that was about seven years ago uh, because okay, that is, guy okay. said what he said. Like, I remember coming home and my husband was like, so did you change his mind? I'm like, no, and that's not really how the conversation went. And I told him what happened. He goes, well, what does that mean? I, said, I guess I'm going on a heart based open, you know, heart opening journey. And he goes, well, what does that mean? I said, I have no idea. And what has come from that has been, and, and I call him my, with my earth angels. I've mm-hmm. had a few in my lifetime mm-hmm. and they just, I've never seen him since and showed up, just dropped this bomb on me. I mean, I remember when he told me it was like somebody shot me between mm-hmm. the eyes because I knew it was true, but I had no clue as to how it was true. Mm-hmm. And what that did opened me up. Because I was I was willing, mm-hmm. but I'm like I have to investigate this because it's obviously hindering me. You know, not just from business, but I think life. Like right. it just felt so big, 
and what I've learned, I mean, it's like those people who then like they get the diagnosis and they, they're like, I want to spend the last of my life, mm-hmm. you know, traveling the world. And they just have this amazing experience. Like the last seven years have been incredible because of that one conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk about story. those catalytic events, right? Like we talk mm-hmm. about the things that the universe puts in our path because we either need to learn a lesson or we need to be reminded of something or I love that. Okay, a great song. Is- it's a great song, too. Is it? Earth Angel. <laughs> Earth Angel. Oh, now I hear it. Now I hear it. Yeah. Right. And all it makes me think of every time is Back to the Future. Yeah. That's where I know it from. <laughs> and then we go where? Yeah. And the next question is, where do you right. go after that? So um, let's go back to the future. If you could go back and advise yourself at any point in your past, where would you go and what would you say? Oh, boy. And where I, would you drive your DeLorean? I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't have one in the past, but that would have been cool. I think I would probably go back to the time when I was most actively dating in my mid to late twenties. I have this pattern of like, everybody loved me and left me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's because of the way I was, I was interpreting my family of origin, Mm -hmm. the dynamics of my family of origin. And since I've practiced a lot of family constellations, I don't know if we've Mm -hmm. talked about that, but it, it, it helps you learn family dynamics. Mm. And one of the constellations I was in, the facilitator basically said point blank, you know, like, why are you over here and your family's over there? You know, and like, well, they're just so caught up in their stuff. And I just don't want to have anything to do with that. And she goes, what would you call that? And I said, I'm just self-absorbed. They're so self-absorbed and I just don't want to be a part of it. And she just looked at me and goes, so how does it feel to be self-absorbed? <laughs> <laughs> And I look back at those times and it's like, that's exactly what I did Mm -hmm. is like, I'd have that course, I'd find the same guys that like stereotyped the family dynamic that caused Mm -hmm. me to want to pull away just when things were probably breaking through. And I've learned to be in it, you know, to be with it, to not lose myself, to stay grounded to who I am, but not feel like I have to leave the party in order to do that. Like Mm -hmm. I always felt like either I sacrificed myself if I stayed or to be myself, I had to, oh, I had to yeah. extra, extricate, right? That I had to make sense, right? Mm. I had to extricate yeah. and, and, and I did that in relationship after relationship after relationship. And again, that was the story I was telling myself. Was that mm-hmm. true? I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like, oh gosh, I wish any of those had happened, those relationships. Right. That, I'm not, not saying that, but I think I would tell myself, focus less on how to protect yourself and more on how to, how to be yourself within this relationship because even if the relationship doesn't work you will have learned something really valuable by Mm -hmm. stay i'm saying stay in it but staying by being in it with you having had the experience yes Yes. by allowing yourself to have the full experience yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i tell myself yeah all right one last question what is something something no one knows about you i mean nobody knows about me. I, what would make people really surprised is that how introverted I am. I'm actually a pretty shy person by nature. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned to be, I mean, being a teacher for so many years, you learn to kind of perform to a certain extent, but I'm in my own cubicle <laughs> a lot. Like I work out a lot in, interiorly and, and sometimes that's really hard for me. It's m- been difficult for me to to be with other people and be fully engaged because I'm so used to being in this party of one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if a lot of people who meet me would know that about me. I would not you know? have guessed that. Yeah. That even, you know, my husband all the time is like, what do you think? What are you thinking? I'm like, it didn't even occur to me that I would need to talk about what I'm right. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Yes. like it's like, just, not uh, that, yes. right. Like I wouldn't guess that you were like introverted, like that, but you present as someone who is always evaluating the room. 
right? Yeah. You're always yeah. evaluating the other, that you're always, you're scanning, right? <gasps> I just thought of something oh, that okay. was, it's probably a good thing to say because it's a good message for me to remember is that a lot of times I know that can come across to other people, like I'm evaluating them in, in a not so favorable way. Like people do have a hard time sometimes being with people who are mm-hmm. constantly evaluating because they think, oh crap, they're evaluating me mm-hmm. and they're probably saying all of my dirty laundry. And what people don't know is I'm like you is I'm evaluating Mm. the beautiful aspects of what they bring. I'm looking for it. I'm saying I look for the good goods, not the bad goods. Right. (laughs) You know, yeah, it's I I, and that's really honestly the truth. Like Mm -hmm. I love seeing people's brilliance because I'm I'm always saying I'm evaluating for zone of genius and what's holding you back because I don't want you to be held back. Right. I don't want any of us to be held back. Right. So even systems that I'm evaluating, it's to help ameliorate it so it's not blocked. Yeah. So I think that that would that piece now answering the question, that's probably what I would want to say is that the thing that people don't know is that I'm evaluating for the things that I see that are beautiful, Mm -hmm. not for the things that I see that aren't because we all have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's nothing special. (laughs) (laughs) We've all got dirty laundry folks. It's like, like, let me compare my dirties with your dirties. Like it's just not a fun game. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, that's, that's it for the, I know that's like a beautiful note to end on. I feel like that was like the perfect closure. Yeah. And I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Other than thank you so much. Where, I know. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me all over social media. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. But you know, my website is uh, theunicoach.com. So that's a good place to find me and reach out to me. And I, and I love, you know, I love to have conversations with people and I love feedback, right? And mm-hmm. I think feedback is really important to you know if anything is, like I said, you know, most especially because that guy, one experience. Oh my yes. God. Like the right. most, you, what people would normally say negative feedback that has ever come my way has been the most positive mm-hmm. in, in the end. It's, it's, it's not negative. Exactly. Thank you. Well, Cause, cause I wasn't criticism. About, right. It was feedback. Yeah. Right. It was an opportunity and you took hold of that opportunity yeah. and, it, I love that story It's so changed much. my life. It yeah. honestly has. I thank that man so much if he ever hears any of these. <laughs> like, I hope he knows that I really like, I'm going to find you and I'm going to send you this episode so you can hear how much you changed my life. Thank you very much. Well, and you know what's interesting is when you first shared that story with me mm-hmm. and then the next day I met with a client and she was talking to me and I was like, that's why Tracy was supposed to share that story with me. Because it applied to her. That's right, you told me that. Yes. And I was like, divine timing. I was oh, like, here you go. And I so that's that. the thing is like when we share those stories, we don't know the ripple effects and the positive mm-hmm. impact that it can have on the people. And so it's so that's important right. for us to share our stories, yeah. which is why we're doing yes. this. Which, yeah. And to All that right. point, thank you both. Yes. I mean, for having me and for doing this, because it is, it's a huge value to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so glad you could make it. Find us at girlswhodostuff.com. You can check us out there. Please download, subscribe, share with your friends, rate us, help other people see us if you are enjoying listening. And thank you so much, Tracy, for being in studio today. We so appreciate it. Thank you. I am Jenny Mitchley. I am Sarah Madras. And we are the Girls Who Do Stuff. And you You do do you, boo. boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.